Welcome to The Green Podcast. My name is Dylan Welch. I'm the CEO of Green.org and Dylan Welch Media. Our goal with this podcast is to bring you the biggest names and leaders in renewable energy, clean technology, and sustainability so that you can stay up to date with the latest trends and everything that is happening in this world. Not only that, you'll get some action items for your life so that you can apply some amazing things and make your world a better place as well. Let's get the show started. One of my favorite guests here, she's spoken at two other green summits. We have Christina Chang, head of sustainability at Adore Me. Let's give it up for Christina, guys. Here, grab a seat. All right, so thanks for being here. Christina was at our last Green Summit in San Diego, flew out to New York City. So uh, let's kind of kick it off. Tell us a little bit about Adore Me. Sure. Um, So it's possible that a lot of you may not have heard about Adore Me. Um, Hopefully you'll get to know us a little better after today. Um, So Adore Me was founded in 2012. We're a direct-to-consumer a digitally native brand that specializes in women's wear, uh, specifically on intimates, sleepwear, activewear, lounge, swimwear. Um, We also offer femtech products such as period panties and cooling fabrics. And um, we also own a women's apparel subscription box service called Daily Look. Uh, I would say I have a few notable points about us. We were the first intimates brand to offer fully inclusive size range. Um, We were doing this well before our competitors were. Um, We have a very tech-first mindset. Um, More than half of our workforce are programmers, developers, and data scientists, which would surprise you. And I think sometimes we think of ourselves more as a tech company that sells lingerie. Um, And earlier this year, we were acquired by Victoria's Secret to really help modernize and transform their company and bring them forward in a more inclusive, sustainable, and tech-forward way. So just a little bit about us. That's amazing. Yeah, let's give it up, because the the sustainable fashion industry can be crazy. Um, And I know Adore Me puts a lot of effort into being really sustainable, as sustainable as possible, using all these different numbers and data. Um, tell us some of the milestones that Adore Me has kind of aimed towards and achieved over the past few years. Sure. And I think, you know, first to admit that we didn't start off as a sustainable brand. And really in 2019, we um, put all of our resources into launching this company-wide sustainability effort. And for us, it wasn't about just launching one sustainable product capsule collection like a lot of brands do. We didn't want to just hire a sustainability team to come in and check off boxes for us. We really wanted to make sure that we were promoting engagement across the entire company. Um, So we launched a lot of cross-team initiatives to help drive that infusion of our sustainability strategy into product development, into our production processes, into our warehouse operations, and into our technology. So we've really um, you know, put a lot of effort and resources into developing a tool suite in the last few years to help us manage our product life cycle and to really help us assess our environmental impact. That's awesome. Yeah, because I had the CEO of Adore Me, <clears throat> excuse me, on the podcast about four or five years ago. And I remember he was telling me kind of his goals. And I was like, man, I don't know if you know a company is able to do that. And then slowly but surely, you know, I'll have him on the podcast year after year. And he'll say, yeah, we set out to do this. We did this, set out to do this, we did this, and it's been really amazing to watch. Um, what obstacles have you guys faced trying to be sort of the, you know, one of the first 
sustainable fashion brands really utilizing technology and information and AI and data? Um, so I think uh, obviously everyone here knows uh, the fashion industry is one of the worst offenders out there. Um, we're the world's third largest polluter after food and construction. Yeah, sure. Um, and I think in many ways, um, sustainability in fashion seems pretty contradictory because you have fashion houses that are develop, um, you know, developing couture that isn't meant to be worn off the runway or more than once. And you have all these fashion brands that are emerging and trying to encourage you to buy more products more often. And um, you know, I think for us, it's really trying to help you know, navigate through that landscape. Um, obviously, greenwashing is still very rampant. And I think, thankfully, a lot, there have been a lot more regulatory changes and improvements in the last couple of years. Um, but I think what we're really trying to ensure is that we set ourselves up and we kind of put our, get ahead of the game and prepare ourselves for all of the regulatory requirements that will be coming up in the coming um, you know, next six to 12 months in the EU and the US. And um, I think also really just helping educate the consumer as well. I think one of, you know, things, something that we've observed a lot in the last few years is just how many labels are out there. And I think most, most consumers may not know what's genuine, authentic. Um, and I think we really want to make sure that we um, provide that transparency and share that information with our customers. Yeah, that's, that's super helpful and important. So. I mean, building a business and then selling it to one of the biggest fashion brands on the planet is pretty pretty incredible. Um, what other kind of collaborations do you guys do to partner up and work with other sustainable brands and businesses? So we've actually been working with um, a couple of third parties. Um, one is called Carbon Fact. They actually have been able to help us really assess our carbon impact. Um, so with that technology, we've actually been able to really um, automate our carbon calculations and in the product development process we're using that to make decisions on raw materials and manufacturing locations so running different simulations we can determine that okay using uh, raw material a b and c and manufacturing in location x will reduce our carbon impact for that product by six percent and I think what's been exciting on this partnership is that we've been able to reduce the carbon impact of our um, new collection for Q1 of 24 by 12%. So these are, um, you know, that's one really important partnership that we've been working on. Um, another collaboration that we've just launched this year is we've been working with a partner called CommonShare and they are working on developing a blockchain-based transparency and traceability platform. And it's um, meant to be an end-to-end -end uh, mapping of everything that goes into making that product and all the way down to the ultimate delivery to the customer. And um, as more brands adopt onto this platform, it will become kind of this one-stop shop for every brand, every retailer, and every manufacturer to um, upload their certifications and provide that really end-to-end -end transparency. So we've been actually helping them we were one of the first guinea pigs on this platform and we've been helping them really build out that platform and also make it a bit more kind of usable for other retailers and manufacturers. Yeah, I mean, I always thought it was so fascinating that you would literally research the entire supply chain process down to literally where you get the raw materials. And can you imagine if every fashion company, you know, the big ones, Amazon, Nike, did that same thing, how much waste that would reduce? 
Yeah. Um, it is, it's honestly crazy and amazing that you guys are, you know, investing that money and that initiative to do that. Uh, what other kind of tools have you been developing as a company to track that information and just sort of track your overall sustainability? So um, over the last three to four years, we've actually been working on developing our own assessment framework. Um, I think back in 2019, when we first started this effort, we did a lot of research on existing frameworks out there, and we found that most um, impact assessments were pretty binary. You're either good at something or you're not, and that's it. It doesn't give you the opportunity to grow and improve on it. And we found that a lot of the existing indices were um, really designed to sell and not designed to improve. So what do brands that are starting from scratch do? How do they actually um, make steps towards improving rather than just getting a numerical score? So we've spent a lot of effort on building our own tool suites um, and this has you know, really allowed us to help avoid that positivity bias. It's allowed us to better understand our own value chain and really um, focus more on the progress rather than the numerical score. And um, sorry for the long-winded explanation. Yeah. The kind of first part is um, we've worked on a product impact matrix that allows us to score all of our products from you know a scale from one to five, zero to five actually. Um, and it grades all of our products on several dimensions, waste, water, fibers, and chemicals. Um, I think kind of just to mention and to be fully transparent, when we first launched this assessment, most of our products were scoring an average 1 to 1.5 out of 5. And that may sound like a bad score, but it's actually not because most of these products are using sustainably sourced fibers, but we're trying to also map out the other parts of the value chain that are not being captured in a lot of these assessments which is why we've also expanded towards a manufacturing impact assessment that helps us partner with our manufacturers to also gauge the impact at factory level across different dimensions, water, waste, chemicals, um, and energy emissions. So really we've been able to kind of open up this, this collaboration with our manufacturers to really understand what's happening at factory level. And we've also actually opened up this opportunity to work on a development plan with each of these manufacturers to kind of set goals to work on in the next years. So I think it's um, it's been a really great opportunity for us to not just make this a transactional collaboration between us and the manufacturer, but to actually help them make investments into improvements at factory level. Yeah, I mean, I've always thought it was very admirable, admirable. Um, when I first had Romain on the podcast about five years ago, he was like, listen, the fashion industry is not very environmentally friendly. We admit it, we're not perfect, but we want to start taking those steps to be more sustainable and more environmentally friendly. And so what I think is really amazing about Adore Me is not only have you said that, but you've done it. And then not only have you been doing it, but you've been investing a lot of money to bring on people the processes going all the way back to, you know, where you're getting those raw materials to really track it and make a difference. So I think that's, that's really cool that you're kind of taking that initiative. Cause I don't know many other sustainable fashion companies that are doing that. And we really need more companies to be like, Hey, we're just getting started, yeah. but give us a couple of years and it will like, it'll happen. We promise. So yeah. 
one last question for you. Where do you sort of see the future of Adore Me and your sustainable practices going? So, um, as I said, we've been working on um, really mapping out our, our entire supply chain. Um, our goal is to, I mean, we've mapped our tier one, tier two suppliers. We really want to take that a step further and continue to work with these you know, partners that we have common share on promoting more transparency. Um, we're actually going to be launching a digital product passport soon uh, before year end to help our customers really actually visualize that whole product lifecycle on the website. And um, you know, really uh, uh, all the assessment tools that we've been building, one of our ambitions is to make it an open source tool to help other brands like us that are starting from scratch on the sustainability side actually also make steps towards improvement. So I think all of these, um, you know, as you said, every time you see Chroma, like it, there's a new development every every few months. And I think we're, we're learning and growing as we go. And um, I think really just trying to make sure that we continue to push that transparency to the customer and show them that we're not just talking the talk, we're walking the walk. Guys, let's give it up for Christina right now. Adore me, doing amazing things. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for tuning into the episode. My name is Dylan Welch. Appreciate it. As always, stay up to date with the latest information on green.org and dylanwelch.com. Dylan Welch Media is a full service media and communications agency dedicated to promoting, marketing, and helping businesses in clean tech, renewable energy, and sustainability grow, get more clients, get more customers, get in front of their ideal clientele. If you have any more questions, feel free to reach out. If you're interested in joining the Green Summit, go to www.green-summit.org. Reserve your ticket today. There's very few spots left, so make sure you get on that ASAP. Thank you and have a great rest of your day.